Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Monday, the day after a another very disappointing loss by your Green Bay Packers to the Washington Commanders by a score of 23-21. to 21. It's 6 o'clock here on the East Coast. It's 5 o'clock around Lambeau Field, which can only mean one thing. It's time to drink some beer. Hope you're joining me wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is. I don't care. I saw someone in the comments. It's three o'clock on the West Coast. You're cracking your first beer. That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. Ah, Definitely needed that. Hope you're all doing well. Good to see you all in the comments. No doubt that game yesterday drives people to a, a beverage or two as they're trying to pick through the detrius. And obviously, there's always lots to talk about, especially with this team when there are so many problems and so many issues. We talked about it a little bit uh, in gut reactions last night, but always want to regroup after watching the tape. As Coach always likes to say, I got I got I got to take a look at it. Well, we've taken a look at it, and uh, I can confirm there are, there are a lot of problems. There's a lot going on. You know where there aren't problems, though, in this comment section, because so many regulars are up in here. What's up, everybody? Chris is here. Randy's here. David's here. Of course, Randy's here. What's up, Randy? Dale Norton, good evening from London. Good evening from New York City. I hope you're well, Dale. Good to see you. What else we got? Chris East. What's up? Thanks for joining the Carry the G Club. Well, I can't thank you enough for the support. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Hey, Nags, making the trip to Buffalo Sunday night? Hell no. I will be in studio, um, much like I was yesterday. But uh, I wish I could. Uh, but these watch parties aren't going to host themselves. Um, even though Corey did a commendable job hosting it himself uh, yesterday when I was as I was late, my family thing. But no, I will be I will be in the podcast studio watching along with Packers fans worldwide as I do. A lot of ball game left. You goddamn right. There's a lot of ball game left. Jill, what up, Nags? What's up, Jill? How you doing? Did you watch that game yesterday? Yikes. Here's the thing. Here's my overarching kind of take that I do want to talk about real quick. Um, Obviously, always very emotional. Things are charged after a loss, especially when you look so poor on one side of the ball, which the Packers certainly did on offense. I will say, though, this defense is, while still not a great unit, I'm not going to, no one's going to confuse them with the, you know, 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears or whatever anytime soon. They, they're playing football that you can win with if you have a complimentary offense, which obviously the Packers don't. But you saw a number of things yesterday that should get you, you know, at least somewhat excited if the Packers can ever find a way to figure things out on offense, which more of that in a moment. They've got a way of working over there now that at, me, at least makes a little sense, whether it was Jair Alexander traveling with the opposing number one, which happened quite a bit yesterday, uh, putting him in the slot on occasion on third down. You saw Quay Walker get involved in some edge pass rushing. Uh, I thought Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith, as I said in the good, bad, and the ugly, uh, had two of their best games of the year. Uh, Quay Walker, not only off the edge, but just playing inside backer, I think, had one of his strongest games of the year, probably his strongest performance to date. Things are coming along there. You saw Rasul Douglas come to life a little bit. That's all very promising. And I do think, like I said, if there's a complimentary piece across the aisle there, This defense can win some football games if they're not forced to continually in a fourth quarter have to defend an entire playbook, which is what they had to do yet again 
uh, on this past uh, yesterday, on this past Sunday, because the offense can't put any pressure on the opponent and can't get a lead and can't require the opponent and their offense to, oh, well, now we've got to do X, Y, Z because either, you know, we're falling behind, we're two scores down, whatever. Well, yeah, that, when the whole playbook is open to you, you have to defend the entire field, and that gives teams a hell of a lot more opportunities to move the ball. One of the things that I think Joe got caught in yesterday, he started bringing a lot of pressure, and I think unnecessarily, and he got caught. The commanders adjusted really well to it on a lot of the kind of inviting the pressure in and then getting it ball out into the flat or in shallow crosser, et cetera. But by that point, you know, the offense had done absolutely nothing. And I think to my guesswork would be that Joe was trying to make something happen on the defensive side of the ball, knowing that they can't do anything on offense. Can't move the ball, let alone score. So again, guess total guesswork on my part is they're trying to force the issue on defense in a way that, hell, I was begging for it at the beginning of the year, trying to dictate. I think we saw a little bit of that as that game wore on in the fourth quarter, and I can't kill him for it. You know, you flip it over, what I can kill you for is doing the same thing over and 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 over again on offense and expecting a different result. It's absolutely baffling to me. And I get it. I understand, quote, they're close. Or these plays they draw up, they work if they just execute. Well, you keep doing it and you keep not executing or being unable to convert or you have a penalty that sets you back. Maybe because you're asking guys to do something they're not comfortable with, they don't have enough reps with, etc. Especially on an offensive line where you had a lot of reshuffling going on this week. And I, I get people saying, like, they're not a road-grading offensive line. I understand that. But the angle blocking as opposed to zone blocking and some of the pin and pull stuff and some of the more power concepts have been effective this year with this group. I think more than ever, I believe this to my soul. And I said this on Gut Reactions last night. And I, I feel it 10 times more after re-watching that game several times today. This is a team that needs to button it up and get boring on offense and make Aaron Rodgers a game manager. I know it's a the dirty phrase for a four-time MVP you just paid $50 million for. It's not an indictment on Aaron. It's leaning into what works offensively, especially personnel-wise, with this group. They keep trying to be something they're not. Get back to the basics. Run the ball play boring-ass football, and execute. To me, it's such a simple answer. And I know Matt's up there today talking about, well, you know, the run solutions, and, well, they counted two passes that were actually runs for Aaron Jones, and they got Aaron the ball X number of times. Understand that. Totally get it. But it's also situational, and it's also context-driven in the sense of you give Aaron Jones four or five carries in the first drive and a half, and then virtually ignore him until it's hurry-up mode and you've got to get back in the game. Oh, yeah, okay, now we're going to throw it to Aaron Jones, touchdown, everyone's excited. The defense is playing a totally different style of defense at that point in the game. I, it's, it's, again, as I said yesterday, that is fool's gold to me. The entirety of your game, all four quarters, you should be having sections of your playbook that are simply 
Aaron Jones calls, and they should be filling up every quarter. They'd be checking the box. It's just, I I don't understand why they have the personnel they have. And now we have Lazar with a shoulder injury. He's probably going to miss Sunday night. And we'll probably still see them come out, spread it out, three, four wide receivers, spread formation, shotgun, spread it, trying to throw it around the yard. It makes zero sense to me. All right. So I got that off my chest. Let's uh, let's talk to you fine folks, shall we? Got that. Chris East. Thank you, sir. What else we got? Ed, thanks for the super chat. $50 million man has to lead. Team lacks spirit and fight. This is on Matt. Yesterday, the lack of third down conversions tied a Ray Rhodes record. Baby, don't I know it. Um, yeah, a third down was a particular problem. Has been off and on all year. The $50 man, million dollar man has to lead. I agree with that. Um, I get that he's frustrated at times. But this is Aaron Rodgers, and it's how he's always been. So if his leadership style, quote unquote, is good enough for, you know, seasons where they've won 13 games, been in the mix for a championship, et cetera, well, then that's going to be the same guy. I don't expect anything different in a season where they're three and four. You know, they started a season back in 2016. They're four and six. Aaron was the same guy. That season certainly turned around. Now, I don't know if this one will, but I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to become a rah-rah guy. You know, I've gotten this a lot today. Ed, i gotten this from people you know, that uh, are around the team. And it's just, I I get it. I understand it. You want a certain kind of response from 12 when things are looking bleak or whatever. That's not who he is. So I think people looking for that from 12, it's kind of misplaced. It's never been his style. And they've been really successful with him being him. Now, as for, this is on Matt. Yes, it all falls on the head coach. There's no doubt about it. And I know Matt was kind of out there last week repeatedly saying guys need to have fun, go have fun. Well, losing doesn't breed fun. And they've lost three in a row. You know, I I understand his sentiment. But to me, he's got to lean into these guys and get in on the details. I mean, how many times can you have a flag thrown to set you back in a drive, whether it's, you know, false starts, which is a mental mistake, or... You know, two men in motion, uh, one guy covering up the tight. You know, it, it's all these mental errors that where is the focus? What are you doing all week? What are you concentrating on in practice? What are you drilling home? You get what you emphasize. What are you emphasizing? Because it's sure as shit ain't an attention to detail. Now, I understand that crew yesterday was god awful and they called some ticky tack nonsense. And I get that. But you got to rise above that. The old saying is. Good teams overcome bad officiating. Well, we know the Packers aren't a good team right now. So they can't afford to give bad officials any excuse to set them back. Yet the Packers do it nearly every week, at least for the last month. Fire Stenovich. All right, relax. Y'all think firing people is just the answer to everything. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Frank Zappa's This Town is a Sealed Tuna Sandwich popped into my head while watching the offense. Never thought that would ever happen. I mean, talk about an app metaphor. That'll work. Ja had a rough day? Nah, Krista. Ja had, ja had a decent day. He had one bad play. They got beat by their number one guy. And by the way, McLaurin's really fucking good. 
that's going to happen. You just tip your cap. They get paid too. You know, that's a really good wide receiver who beat Jair on a nine route. It happens. The best get beat and then the best bounce back. And that's what Ja does and did yesterday. What else we got? What else we got? John Simatovich, thanks so much for joining the Carry the G Club. Really, really, really appreciate it. Darren, deep question. We sneak into the playoffs yet with this team? Playoffs? Playoffs? You want to you want to playoffs? I just hope they can win a game. Another game. Man, I I don't even care about the playoffs right now. All I care about is winning a football game. Tall order on Sunday night in Buffalo. No question about it. And I will I, I'll admit, probably a tall order in Detroit as well. But man, I ain't thinking nothing about the playoffs. I'm thinking about winning a football game. That is all that matters. That is legit all that matters. Um, Faraz, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Nag, still recovering from yesterday. Why can't they go back to the 2019 offense? Rodgers seemed okay with being more of a run team back then. Um, it's interesting you ask that because Jason Wildy, I thought, had a phenomenal question in the way that he framed it to Matt today. In the sense that, like, remember when Matt got to town and – one of the things they were a little herky jerky that first year in 2019. They really obviously hit the ground running in 2020. But one of the big things that you constantly heard was the marrying of the run in the pass and the illusion of complexity and making plays look similar, right? Tons of motion, tons of okay, this is a run. No, it's not. It's a play action boot, etc. There was so much of that. And that has completely disappeared this season. No doubt about it in uh, like an inexplicable way. I thought I spent all summer talking about how obviously this is what they're going to lean into. They went the exact opposite way, which makes no sense to me. Now of recent vintage, I can understand it a little bit. Matt kind of confirmed this at the podium today that they're in the shotgun a ton in that game against Washington because Aaron's thumb is bummed, banged up. Right. I get that. I understand that. Like it sucks, but it makes sense. You know, you got a busted digit. It sucks getting that snap on her center. And if, Having played fucking quarterback as a damn, you know, young man in Pop Warner and junior high, hell, that, that was forceful. Just taking those snaps. In NFL snaps with a broken thumb or a busted thumb, no thank you. That's got to hurt like hell. So I understand needing to put, put Rodgers in the gun. I, I, I get it. It sucks, but I get it. Um. Now, that said, you still see the odd play here or there under center. I wish they would utilize more of what you're talking about there. I really do. Um, but like I said, they're not that team. They want to spread it out. God knows why. John, thanks so much for the super chat. What's up? What's up with Kumaro these days? Um, I don't know. Is he still on Buffalo? I know he got cut, and then I think they brought him back. I think he's still on Buffalo squad, but I'm, I could be wrong. Uh, ben, thank you for the super chat. Play for the offensive players you have, not the ones you want to have. It's working for the teams beating us. Very much agree with you, Ben. Very much agree. Callum, is Lazard okay? Um, doesn't sound like it. I know he left with that shoulder injury yesterday. He was seen in the locker room today. He did not talk to reporters, but he was wearing uh, a sling. For his shoulder, I know he had ice on it yesterday in the locker room after the game. Uh, Matt said they would have to see how the week 
kind of unfolds. I suspect he probably doesn't play on Sunday night. And who knows how long he's out. But um, I'd be very, very surprised if he's a go against the Bills. Tyler, thanks for the super chat. Not advocating, but you might as well trade Jones for a wide receiver one if you aren't using him. Rogers' contract is looking real painful so far. Yeah, well, they're not going to trade Aaron Jones. So, I mean, don't get me all depressed here. Don't be trading Aaron Jones. I can't handle it. Although, you know, if there's a team who wants to take on his contract these next two years where his salary cap balloons to like 20 something million, maybe they do it. Maybe they try to buy low, so to speak, and the Packers will take a wide receiver. I don't know. I hope not. Jonathan, thanks for the Super Chat. Hate seeing how small DeGuara's role is. Casualty of an ineffective offense, or has that knee really set his career back? I just think it's how they see him and how they want to use him in a sense that they're not using a ton of move stuff. They're not doing tons of stuff under center. So where he might be utilized as a fullback, et cetera. So you're seeing Tyler Davis get a lot of the inline stuff, and I don't think they like DeGuar in that role. I do think they like him as a move guy, but they're just not utilizing that part of the playbook a whole lot. I don't think it has much to do with DeGuar himself. I think he's played admirably and pretty damn well when he's given what he's asked to do. But, you know, and hey, going into the Buffalo, it's all hands on deck, especially if Lazard is down. You know, what? What do you? who are you going to throw the ball to? you got to start getting some of these other guys involved, you know, Call some plays for DeGuara. Get some two tight end stuff going. I mean, there's this is a week where you got to pull out all the stops. Maybe DeGuara gets a few looks. I hope so. Uh, too old for this. Thanks to Super Chat. Remember when the Pats beat the Bills by passing the ball three times? Granted, the weather was gnarly, but still, that's how we beat the Bills. I loved that game. That was last year, right? Sunday nighter when uh, all the Patriots did was run the ball. I mean, Mac Jones threw it, like you said, three times the entire night. Now, that was weather-driven because of the wind. But I'm I'm here for it. I would love that. I would love the Packers to do that every week. That's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Ed Pierce. Thanks for the super chat. Never would call Jones and Dylan boring. Yes, Ed. That's right. Never in a million years. Wisco Boy 92 Thanks for watching the Twitch stream. Not giving up on this team. Go, Pat, go. That's the attitude. That's what I'm talking about. As Bart Starr so rightly said, anyone can support a team when it's winning. But to have a team's back when it's losing, when it's going through hard times, that's what takes courage, people. Stick with it for Bart, if nothing else. Carl, thanks for the super chat. Beating a dead horse, I swear every pitch play to Jones gained six to seven yards. Our O-line was pulling and their D-line had trouble, driving me nuts. I mean, yeah, it was effective, and it was clearly something they saw on tape that they thought they could take advantage of, and they did. Um, I'm with you. I wish they'd gone back to it a few more times. But, um, you know, they they clearly did a good job of scouting there. You know, they found an effective play, and they you know, they utilized it a number of times. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. Keep running it until they can stop it, until they prove they can stop it. And if they can't, keep doing it. More than one bad play for Jair yesterday, in my opinion. Is this where we're at? Is this where we're at, really, people? Did you see the physicality he displayed against the back on the sideline there? Did you see all the pass breakups, the near interception? Yes, he probably should have caught it, but the man played a really good game. And yes, everybody, every single cornerback in the NFL has bad plays every single week. 
The deck is stacked against them. The entirety of the NFL universe, whether it's the design of the offenses or the rules by which the defensive backs have to play by, favors the offense. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. This Jair Slender. Uh, Chris, thanks for the super chat, buddy. Is the lack of running more on Rodgers or Lafleur? That uh, that would require an hour-long stream, sir. You could say it's on Lafleur because he's the head coach and play caller. You could also say it's on Rodgers because he's the one determining whether to R or P during the RPO. You could say that during the week they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to run the ball down their throats, and then they get to the game and they change their mind collectively. You could say that Matt LaFleur is absent from uh, trying to attack the opponent's weakness. You could say that Aaron Rodgers is a renegade of the line of scrimmage. You could say all sorts of things and kind of be right on all of them and be off a little bit each time. There's a lot of levels there, a lot of layers, all sorts of stuff going on there. Uh, oh, I got the OBJ chat coming in up here. OBJ. Look, people, OBJ isn't signing with anybody until he can pass a physical. And as far as I know, right now, he can't do that. So you can shelve the OBJ talk for probably a couple more weeks. JGG, thanks for the super chat. I feel like they will rise to the occasion versus Buffalo. Do you feel that? Because I don't. I'm hopeful. I would love them to. I'll be watching. But there ain't nothing about this team that makes me think, yep, they're, they're going to not even figure it out, but they're going to at least fight back against the Bills. It's in a weird, in the weirdest way. This is a game where I would expect, I would expect Mike McCarthy's team to show up and surprise some people. You know, so far under Matt LaFleur, has it been a game like that? The one time I can think of, the one game I can really kind of reach for is that first game in Minnesota, his first year as coach. And they go in, and Rodgers even threw an interception early, and they still came back and won that game and took the division. That's the one game I can point to where it's like, yeah, a lot of people thought they were going to lose. I was kind of resigned to, oh, it's going to be a tough game, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a long haul today, tonight, whatever. And they won the game, and they did it in a convincing fashion, and they really, you know, kind of punched back. That was a while ago. You know, since then, I can't think of too many times where I've had that expectation where, oh, this is a real tough matchup, but I like their chances, or I, I think they'll give it a go, or I really think they got, you know, well, this could be our finest hour, to, qu- to quote Apollo 13. But I just have, I can't think of one. You know? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, hopefully they shock the world, and me. And they show up on Sunday night and play their best game of the year. And they could still do that and lose. As long, you know, if I, could, if I could see a team with some fight and some heart, you know, some execution, baby steps. Braden, thanks for the super chat. Does Joe Barry not even care to stop the run? No, I don't think that's the case at all. What would you like him to do? Blitz on every down? That's what he did in the second half, and they got burned with it. Um. The the run defense is a disappointment. There's no doubt about it. Don't get it twisted. But um, I think he pays more attention to it than Mike Pettin did. Nicholas, thanks for the super chat. The Packers forgot about the 2020 offense. Uh, you you ain't you ain't lying. Uh, Ronnie, 
Thanks for the super chat. Obvious different circumstances, but the Bills game reminds me of the Arizona game last year. Short-handed on the road. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sets up situationally a little similarly. However, that was a short week for both teams. No practice for the Packers the entirety of that week. You know what they did in that game? The one saving grace. They ran the fucking football. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon pulverized the Cardinals' defense that evening. You know, Rodgers wasn't particularly sharp, but he threw a touchdown to Randall Cobb. You know, they had Jones and Dillon picking up third and fourth downs and ones because they got the ball on third and fourth and short. Who would have thunk it, right? Man, I tell you what, that fourth and one crystallized to me the issue with this offense. That is the epitome Throwing that, going out of gun and throwing it to Dobbs. And yes, to every person in my mentions and inbox, et cetera, who has said, the the play is drawn up perfectly. And if he just catches it, yes, if he just catches it, he in question being Romeo Dobbs, who didn't catch a cold yesterday. And look, I get it. I get it. You're trying to make the play work and he draws up to him and he should catch it. No question about it. But it was fourth and one in a game where you're su- you're close to a three-game losing streak and you got to have a yard. You have A.J. Dillon. You have Aaron Jones. Think Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. Every- that's the oldest coaching adage in the world, and that is the exact situation that it is meant for. Get the ball in your best player's hands. And no, it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Jones. Or situationally, if you need one yard, I like A.J. Dillon's chances. A hell of a lot better than I like Romeo Dobbs catching a pass outside the numbers. That's just me. I'm crazy. But that is the crystallization of think Jimmys and Joes, not X's and O's. What else we got? Shallow Waters, what's up? Our running game is doing good. We should stop. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if that was uh, Steno on the headset. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Badger Trio, thanks for the super chat. Remember 2016, a lot of season left, people. Yeah, 2016, they look like garbage at four and six. No question about it. I was there for that Colts game when the Colts took that opening kickoff. Lambeau was quiet the rest of the afternoon, and they lost to the Colts, and then they turn around go on the road to Tennessee. Lose to the Titans in embarrassing fashion, sitting there. And then they go to Washington, lose to Washington. Hey, they just lost to Washington on the road, too. Oh, the parallels. Uh, And then they came out that Monday night in Philadelphia. And all of a sudden, showed some life. And they were on their way. The the run-the-table era had begun. Now, I'd be lying if I said I saw anything akin to that happening this year with this team. But it does highlight how much there is to go how long the season is and will be and how many twists and turns and uh, changes of narrative will undoubtedly face along the way a lot of ball game left panic buttons here what's up panic button i'm not needed yet just here for the info thanks panic button really appreciate it i believe you were created yesterday during the watch party good to see you buddy thanks for checking in fb thanks for the super chat bills 48 packers zero end of first quarter I mean, the fact that you sent in Pound Sterling tells me that you're across the pond and you know nothing of what you speak. So I'll, I'll give you a pass this time. There we go. 
Sir Alex of Hayden, thanks for the super chat. Time of possession is crucial, especially with a capable defense. It makes no sense why we can't get Dylan 15, 10 to 15 and Jones 15 to 20 touches a game, get the offense moving, and keep the defense rested. You know I believe you. You know I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know I'm listening to you preach. I'm with you, man. How does this team get fixed? LT86 by the power of prayer. Soder, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Since 2019, the Packers are 23-0. and 0. Wins Jones gets 14-plus rushing attempts. Only needs to get around 3.5 per attempt. But they have one with a number below 3.0 per attempt. Hell, 14-plus isn't even full Luddite. You ain't lying about that, my brother. You are not lying about that. Wait, somebody's pinging me. All right, I'm going to have to go pretty soon. Sorry. Uh, Brandon, thanks for the super chat. I know Gary had a couple of issues in the run game, but he led the team in pressures at six. Let's lay off Ja and Gary. They are both elite. Here's the thing. I, I'm more than comfortable saying, yeah, Gary, you know, had issues, uh, getting caught inside against the run yesterday. That is a legit criticism. And that's my point. Like Ja, if you're going to say he had a bad game, I'm going to need some specifics, a specific critique of Gary yesterday got caught inside a number of times and that's something that he had problems with last year that he's got to clean that up no question about it again yeah no 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 problem with specific critiques um but to your point yeah he pressured the quarterback that's what he paid to do no doubt about it uh carl thanks for super chat I just wish someone on this team would show that they're even a little pissed off about how things are going we're nobody's underdogs let's go it's funny, Carl. It is really funny watching how many Packers fans are kind of like doing their callbacks to McCarthy era stuff. We're nobody's underdogs. Yeah, man. That's something I can rally behind. You know? Right now, I don't I don't know who that who that clarion call is gonna come from. Because it's not gonna be the QB. It's not gonna be Matt, but it's gotta be someone. It's just not their personalities. There's gotta be someone in that locker room. Who has that personality? Who is going to make that kind of moment happen, right? I just don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, Vados, thanks for the super chat. If Jones got 20 carries a game, we would go undefeated. All right, okay, relax. I, but, I mean, I love the idea, man. I, don't get me wrong. I love. I lo- I'm living with you in that fantasy. Let's let's exist there together. I love it. But I mean, slow down. Oh, get it? Glenn Bart, Romeo drops. Get it? James Jones suffered from drops early in his career. Devontae Adams suffered from drops early in his career. There are so many Packers who had drop issues early in their career. Jordy Nelson being another one of them. Hell, Jordy Nelson had drops in the Super Bowl. Man, young receivers are going to have drops. It's just a question of consistency as he goes along and getting better. And every week, going back to him, getting the confidence up in the kid and hopefully finding development and consistency and a player that improves from week to week. I get he's hit a rough patch. Yesterday was real tough to watch, no doubt about it. But, man, he ain't the first and he won't be the last. No question about that. I got no problem with them. I got no problem with Romeo Dobbs. He just needs to play. And I love that. Matt kind of went out there and said exactly what had happened on that 
you know, the boot pass where Rodgers throws it and Dobbs is like nowhere near it. And then you look at the coaching tape and that's something I put up on Twitter this morning. You know, Dobbs does what looks like it's going to be a corner post and then peels off the last second because he see Rodgers has thrown the ball and come to find out Matt said corner post was tagged. And all week, what did we hear? Guys not doing their 111th, guys not doing their job. So Dobbs is trying to do what the job is. It was tagged a corner post, so he ran a corner post. But Washington blew the coverage, and Rodgers threw it into open area, open grass, because he was hoping Dobbs would see it and break that route off and continue on to the open part of the field. But you've got a rookie who all week heard, do your job. Do, you know, we're one, usually one guy away every play. Don't be the guy who messes up. So he's trying to run the route as called. I can't kill him for that. I can't in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, you wish he'd seen it like Rodgers had seen it, but it's the seventh game in the league. Of course, he's not going to see it the same way the four-time MVP has, who has 18 years of experience. That's life on the road, man. Too old for this. Thanks for the Super Chat. It's football, not football. Run the ball, not the table. (laughs) Man, you went you went all over for that one. Matt, thanks for the super chat. Can we get a first down? You know, stack success. I'm with you, man. Hey, first downs. I live with I live for first downs. I'm down for first downs. Let's do it. Brandon, thanks for the super chat. Does Christian Watson make the offense better when he is on the field? I f- just feel things open up more, but hard to tell with limited time. Brandon, I am with you 100%. It is hard to tell, but so far the evidence would suggest that yes, they are highly effective when he's on the field much more so than when he's not. It's interesting to me that he has not participated in a single practice, not even limited, did not participate every practice for the last two weeks, yet they haven't put him on IR. I don't know. I hope maybe they're thinking they're going to get him back this week. I don't know. But he has obviously hasn't been up the last couple of weeks. That hamstring is a real issue. You hate the idea of bringing him back early and have having more issues with it as the year goes on. They need something, and they definitely are a better offense when he's on the field. Does open things up. Just the threat of him getting the football. They've seen it. It's on tape now, that touchdown a couple weeks ago. And no joke, that drop pass in the very first play of the year, that's still going to be in people's minds. They're still going to think, oh, this guy could go deep at any moment. You know, it changes how you play the Packers offense. No question about it. He's the one guy with some legit speed that could break things open deep. No doubt about that. Someone tell Aaron to watch some of that 2011 film again. (laughs) Good callback. I like it. All right, buddy. I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor and hit like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. And then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.